Joining us here in the studio for the news briefing is Son j i y u n Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. All right, well, we will have to begin things with the COVID-19 update. The uh, numbers are getting worse, so we are in a very... It feels to me, and I know that uh, the temperatures also indicate this, it feels like a much colder winter this this year than last year. And that uh, may be exacerbating the situation. The virus does seem to be a little bit out of control. Um, We're going to go over some of the efforts the government is making, including increase to testing capacity. Mm -hmm. But first, uh, let's look at the numbers. How are they looking? Well, the numbers are not looking good, are, are not looking good. The numbers have been hovering well over 500 and 600 in the past week. And yesterday, Korea reported 686 confirmed cases, of which 622 are locally transmitted cases and 24 imported cases. Now, the number is the highest in 284 days since the so-called first wave of coronavirus hit the country, when the country reported 909 cases a day in late February. Uh, The vast majority uh, came from metropolitan areas, as you can imagine, with Seoul and Gyeonggi combined accounting for 488. The total now stands at 39,432. Unfortunately, the country saw four more deaths and the death toll now stands at 556. The country is on alert as it's set to get worse. For starters, most of the confirmed cases are coming from within the country, meaning a lot of people are getting infected and are going about their daily lives, spreading the disease to an even larger population. Yeah, and so 686 now, that's a pretty mm. scary number. And as you say, since the uh, Shincheonji Daegu outbreak uh, uh, that uh, really right. caused the initial eruption of cases here in Korea with COVID-19, we haven't seen a level this high. And again, no single super spreader event mm. and the ma- vast majority of this coming here where we are in the Seoul metropolitan exactly. area. A bit of concern. Now, we've been in level 2.5 restrictive Mm -hmm. measures uh, for a few days now. Maybe a slight glimmer of hope in the sense that it's just one day. But if you look at the 6 p.m. numbers, which Mm -hmm. have now been starting to get reported and widely looked at, yesterday's 6 p.m. numbers are a little bit lower than the previous day, 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. numbers. So the hope is we are going to see a lower number than 686 today at the 10 a.m. announcement. And hopefully that's the downward trend that indicates that 2.5 level distancing is having yes. some effect. So that's the hope right now. But uh, certainly everyone has to still remain cautious. But um, the, one of the effective ways to do this right now without a vaccine or uh, effective treatment is to do mass contact tracing, Mm -hmm. and then to try to test as many people as possible. That has been slightly restrictive. You cannot just at any time go and get a test if you wanted to. You need to have a reason unless you want to pay out of pocket, which means being in contact with somebody Mm -hmm. who's a potential uh, infection. That is why now the health authorities have decided to greatly expand the operation of COVID diagnostic centers, right? Yes. As part of its effort to aggressively and preemptively expand COVID-19 diagnostic centers, starting this Monday, the country decided to allow anyone with or without symptoms to get tested for COVID-19. COVID-19 for free of charge should they wish. Moreover, one doesn't need to be epidemiologically related to confirmed patients to get tested, meaning you don't have to had you, you didn't have to have come into contact with people who have been confirmed mm-hmm. um, to get tested. Basically, any Korean citizen can get tested for COVID-19 for free now. This is because, as I explained earlier, the virus is smearing into our communities fast, especially across metropolitan areas. 
where the population is even denser than anywhere else. Plus, a considerable portion of those infected are outside the radar of health authorities, leaving room for more infections. Uh, Thus, health authorities decided to expand COVID-19 testing to everyone in this country and also extend the operation hour of diagnostic centers till 9 in the evening. According to the head of the patient management team at the KDCA, the country is capable of conducting as many as 110,000 PCR tests a day. Uh, Yesterday, the country conducted some 70,000 tests, so there's a bit of more room Mm. for more tests. But this too, we have to be careful because it can soon reach its limit at this rate. Right. And the PCR tests have been very effective. Uh, South Korea, one of the first countries to really do a mass scale uh, testing effectively. There are new technologies now that are a little bit more faster and efficient than Mm -hmm. PCR tests. And we've seen uh, some of those take place in countries like the United States. And you're going to wonder if um, now we're going to have to have maybe a question of uh, having a mass scale of other type of tests besides PCR to try to get some. Just taking a test could give you a bit of peace of mind if you know that you don't have it Mm -hmm. and you feel a little bit safe that you're not going to infect other people going about your uh, daily lives. So COVID-19, still a concern, will be a concern uh, throughout this winter season. Let's talk about uh, what we were uh, mentioning in the opening today. It is a very significant day uh, for prosecutorial reform. Uh, first of all, we're going to find out if the Prosecutor General, Yoon se o l can continue serving mm-hmm. as the country's chief prosecutor. Uh, the stakes are high, and uh, we know that the uh, disciplinary hearing today will convene. Not necessarily come to a final decision today is, mm-hmm. uh, is the word that we're hearing, but... There has been a lot of bickering over the procedural aspects of this disciplinary committee, right? Yes, and the main points of that bickering are the disclosure of disciplinary committee members and disciplinary hearing records, and the involvement of Justice Minister Chumye in the process leading up to the hearing itself. Now, since the disciplinary committee was scheduled, Prosecutor General Yoon constantly demanded that the Ministry of Justice reveal the list of the disciplinary committee panel. In fact, Yoon's side has been arguing that the disciplinary committee can be nullified if the ministry fails to reveal the names of the panel prior to the committee. Uh, To this, the ministry responded that it has never disclosed the names of the panel before and that such a claim seriously compromises the committee's democratic and fair judgment process. Yoon admitted that there is a rule forbidding the disclosure of the disciplinary committee panel, but argued that 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 only applies to the general public, uh, their right to know. But he said the rule does not apply to those charged in the hearing and that they need to be guaranteed the right to veto. Right. Um, It has been pointed out uh, many times that there is no precedent for this. Usually with any kind of disciplinary or any other kind of a, a committee that is convened, that is looking into something with the subject in question, that they do not necessarily reveal the names Mm. of the people involved with this. So that's one aspect. Uh, What else is he claiming? Well, there's the disclosure of past disciplinary hearing records. Earlier, the Ministry of Justice announced that it guaranteed the maximum procedural rights as well as defense rights that no one had ever enjoyed in the past to the best of its effort, including allowing him to look into past disciplinary hearing records. 
Yoon, however, wasn't ha- happy or satisfied with the information the ministry shared. Yoon said although he was permitted to go through and copy some of the records, the ministry refused to disclose key content. He said his defense right was not protected in any way by the ministry. Yoon also raised an issue with Chu being involved in the whole process leading up to the hearing. The ministry argued the law only stops Chu from participating in the final deliberation itself, not the whole process. So this very last bit of the bickering is more focused on the language itself. Well, uh, it is going to convene a little bit after our show ends. We're going to get much more analysis on this as well as the uh, passage of Gong Su Chao, which uh, may occur today as well, which uh, we will talk about later on and also address later here in the briefing. But staying with the uh, prosecution, um, so there is an existential crisis for Yoon Seok-yeol mm-hmm. to maintain the job as PG. However, the prosecution itself also, uh, why are we having this discussion on prosecutorial reform? Why has this been such a long-running struggle? Because Even to this day, there are allegations of corruption among the prosecutors, including uh, one particular case right now. Prosecutors who've been charged with bribery Mm -hmm. seem to be getting some uh, favorable treatment by their fellow prosecutors who are supposedly objectively looking into this case. Yes. So while investigating the financial fraud scandal involving Lime Asset Management, the prosecution announced that the former chairman of Star Mobility, Kim Bong-hyun, an attorney, and a prosecutor each received illegal solicitation worth 1.14 million won. Earlier in October, Kim Bong-hyun, the jailed former chairman, wrote in a letter that he hosted a drinking party costing 10 million won for three prosecutors and a prosecutor-turned-lawyer at a karaoke bar. So this makes five people who were there Mm -hmm. in total. However, the Seoul Southern District Prosecutor's Office only charged... Three, one of the prosecutors, uh, the lawyer, and Kim with a violation of the Improper Solicitation and Graft Act while releasing the other two prosecutors. The prosecution office said that it decided not to indict the other two as they left the party before 11 p.m. and received services worth less than a million won each. While calculating the amount uh, each of these people received in terms of illegal solicitation, the prosecution divided the amount they spent on wine and dine services by five, including those two who left earlier, um, and um, dividing the amount they spent on the band and escort services by three and applying this amount to only those who stayed till late. However, many find this calculation absurd. Based on what standards did the prosecution define who received and who didn't receive illegal solicitation? That's very ambivalent here. In fact, Kim himself said that although the prosecution found evidence that all three prosecutors each spent 500,000 won for escort services, the prosecution did not take this into the calculation and excluded this out. He pointed out that having the prosecution investigate its own people's corruption doesn't make sense to begin with and is a huge contradiction. He urged the independent investigative unit to take on the case and get to the bottom of the truth. It is either a, a, a big misunderstanding Uh, by the prosecution of room salon culture or Mm -hmm. be a deliberate attempt to mislead the public as to what exactly uh, typically goes on here. But many members of the public actually know. And and just as an expert, I'm I'm no expert in um, room salon culture, but um, my producer was telling me that in a room (laughs) salon, 
if you sit down, there is a charge for alcohol, whatever, whiskey, mm-hmm. and then the anju, the, the snacks, and then the band, right? Mm-hmm. You have to pay for all that. That's a, that's a set amount. Mm-hmm. But after... The so-called when the ex uh, the escorts come in and they're assigned to each person that is going to be charged regardless of whether you stayed at you know in 2 a.m. or you left at 11 p.m. and so that is something that is definitely a favor or a illicit kind of uh, offer given to mm-hmm. those individuals, including those two prosecutors that were uh, exonerated by that. So it makes zero sense to to divide somehow the the escorts that were assigned to. Uh, those other prosecutors to have not received it just because they left at 11 p.m. And so it's a very arbitrary act and, again, kind of highlights the need for Mm -hmm. prosecutorial reform. Now, because we keep talking about the establishment of the Independent Investigative Commission and and, and this need to kind of push forward with prosecutorial reform, in the National Assembly, there have been um, perhaps other bills that have been overshadowed by this. So let's talk about some of them. Uh, One of them that had uh, proven to be a bit contentious is the so-called three fair economy bills uh, that uh, was designed to keep in check the chevels or the uh, top shareholders, largely the family members who Mm -hmm. rule these conglomerates. Uh, But uh, this was not uh, done smoothly, and it has indeed angered both the conservative side and even the uh, liberals. Yes, the so-called Three Fair Economy Acts uh, is the Revised Commercial Act, the Revised Fair Trade Act, and a bill on supervising business groups that have financial units. Now, those critical of the bills fear that the so-called 3% rule, one of the clause, uh, can seriously harm corporate management rights. Moreover, the bill requires listed companies to name at least one auditor from outside the board and limits the voting powers of the top shareholders and their affiliates Affiliated people to 3% when appointing the auditor, hence called the 3% rule. Now, businesses and critics fear that this could sap business sentiment of companies and end up shrinking investment when the economy is already slowing down. Meanwhile, civic groups and those in support of the bills welcomed the passage of the bills, yet expressed disappointment over how the bills were compromised amid strong backlash from the business sector. I mentioned this yesterday, but this is one of those uh, aspects of where the ruling party has, we keep talking about 180 votes. They were Mm -hmm. voted in with a mandate to pass these bills, and a large part of that was with a very reform-minded aspect, particularly with these sort of uh, um, economy-related bills that deemed to be doing away with the unfairness of it and having these wealthy elites at the top kind of get away with a lot of uh, uh, fishy behavior. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that it got watered down angered so many people who normally support the ruling party because the point was, was there a need to do that? The reaction from the conservative side is going to be the same whether you gave that compromise of 3% for the entire family or 3% for each family member, but because it got watered down some, because of some kind of idea of mm-hmm. ideal kind of bipartisanship or trying to kind of accommodate the other side, it resulted in a less effective bill and at the same time did nothing to um, <laughs> alleviate the obstruction mm. or the anger from the conservative side. So um, that is one of those aspects where it really ended up being a situation where nobody was happy with it. But if we talk about all of these 
uh, bills that have come out in the uh, National Assembly. Uh, We know that there are others uh, that are subject to filibuster and others that are not. But Mm -hmm. for the opposition, it's always a key strategic goal. Do they want to be seen as filibustering everything and including some bills that might be popular? That's probably not Mm going to be working well for them in terms of their future uh, popularity and efforts to garner votes. So they have to be kind of kind of careful with what they do. Can you just tell us some of the other contentious bills and how each of the parties kind of plan to respond? Right. So to be fair, the main opposition's earlier plan, the initial plan was to filibuster all of the bills, but I guess they understood it's not a, you know, strategic, clever strategy. So earlier the main opposition, as I said, was planning to go on a filibuster for all bills submitted to the plenary session but it later agreed to reduce that number to three, or three contentious bills. Now those obviously include the CIO bill which is the revised act on the Corruption Investigative Office for high-ranking officials, colloquially known as the Kongsu Chapap. Others include the law that would deprive the National Intelligence Service of its authority to conduct anti-communist investigations and uh, the act that would prohibit the launching of anti-North Korea leaflets across the inter-Korean border. The first in line uh, for the filibuster was the act on the Independent Investigative Unit and Representative Kim Gi-hyun from the main opposition, uh, People Power Party, took the floor as the first one up. This filibuster automatically expired at midnight when the regular session of the National Assembly ended. However, uh, luckily 100 bills were passed yesterday, including the three fair economy bills that we mentioned earlier, Labor Reform Act, as well as those related to police overhaul. The Assembly also passed the revised special law on the May 18 Gwangju uprising, which can punish those who spread false or distorted information on the movement with a maximum of five years of prison time or a fine of up to 50 million won. Yeah, we have to uh, look at the May 18 Gwangju bill kind of bill as similar to what we see in Germany. And I know some people feel sensitive about this, but there is a strict sort of adherence in Germany to praising the past Nazi Mm -hmm. regimes or symbols of the Nazi regime. And here in Korea, uh, the majority of people do feel that what happened in Gwangju in 1980 was an atrocity, uh, a scale, a humanitarian disaster, a a gross violation of human rights. And so, uh, unfortunately, there are still some elements in society that either deny what occurred or even still insult the victims Mm -hmm. Of that tragedy uh, to the extent that the people feel that now there needs to be a little bit of accountability as Mm -hmm. to what you say in regards to that. And so that is one bill that passed that, uh, interestingly, was not filibustered by the opposition, indicating that they know that popular support is behind (laughs) that. But the three that they did choose, the Kongsucha bill, the revision of that, which they are going to kind of, Mm -hmm. I guess, ride or die on, and then uh, the one including the sensitive with uh, the spy agency, the NIS, Mm -hmm. uh, and whether they can uh, continue to um, have domestic surveillance. And then the uh, the leaflet issue, which is, again, a very um, kind of partisan and Mm. very hot-button issue that uh, they have chosen as the ones that they feel will be perhaps politically beneficial for them, or at least the ones that their supporters are adamant that they oppose. That being said, uh, there are consequences to elections. And if you have 180 seats on your side, these are all formalities (laughs) and these are going to pass at the end of this day. And so uh, certainly we will probably in tomorrow's uh, daily news briefing talk about these bills as now becoming uh, official legislation.
Before we go, let's talk about something else that's very important, especially in light of the pandemic and everyone's concern about health and mm-hmm. then health care and then subsequently health care ex- uh, expenses. Shilson uh, Boom or these uh, medical expense reimbursement plans are something that could be considered unique to Korea. Almost yes. everyone has one, but you don't really get everything. Maybe you don't get the best bang for your buck mm-hmm. with the premiums you pay. So the government is coming up with now an alternative plan. Yes. So more than... 38 million people in Korea have some sort of medical expense reimbursement plan, which is why some even call it the second national health insurance. It basically covers medical fees the national health insurance doesn't cover. However, the downside to this plan is that it might encourage some people to seek medical services excessively beyond necessity, therefore causing increases in the insurance premium in general for the rest of the people as well, as well as loss for insurance companies. Thus, the government decided to classify insurance holders by the amount of insurance benefits or medical expenses expenses they were reimbursed, and they would give discounts to those who haven't spent much and charge higher premiums to those who have spent more than others. Now, those who haven't sought medical services that much can get a discount of up to 70%, whereas the latter can be charged as much as four times more premium. Right. So if you're a healthy person like Son Jun and you're paying into this uh, Shilbi Boom plan and mm-hmm. you're not, you know, you're, you're paying a, a lot of money, but you never get a CT scan or MRI, but I'm, I'm paying the same plan and I'm getting like 5,000 CT <laughs> right. scans and MRIs, you're going to feel unfair because mm-hmm. we're both paying the same premium. And so they're trying to even the playing field a little bit. Ji as always, appreciate the uh, reporting. We hope you have a good weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you.